All right, welcome into Are You Serious, episode six. Still not canceled. Still not canceled. Uh, we're here. I'm meteorologist Andrew Dockery here. And chief meteorologist Jamie Arnold from WMBF News here in Myrtle Beach. Yeah, Mer- I have to keep telling people. Keep telling people, We're yes. in South Carolina. Yes. Um, but we've had people tune in from all over, which we appreciate. We certainly do, and we're still having fun doing this, so we're just going to keep it up until... Uh, y'all are tired of us. I'm interested. I know the numbers at one point were a little were growing listening in Spotify. So if you're listening to us, thank you. Yep. If you're watching us, last episode, the tornado episode, yep, was by far the best visually. Yeah, yeah. Mega kudos to um, our producer Anya, who yeah. really made that podcast look really great. So thanks to her and. We keep raising the bar on this. I don't know how much further we can go. <laughs> if you missed it or you listened and you want to go back and watch, it, it's they had boxes popping oh, up yeah. in tornado video. And I was like, okay, yeah. this is a lot more complex than yeah. what we thought. Uh, but you can subscribe. You can share. You can like. You can rate. You can comment. I think that's yes, it. I think so. Okay. Good deal. Yeah. How's Jamie been? Jamie's good. It's beautiful weather. Uh, a couple days off this week, so mm. uh, Jamie's doing good. Cr- you know, cranking along in the garden, getting some some projects done. Okay. Yeah. I'm ready for the big reveal of the garden. Same. <laughs> I'm still yeah. waiting on it. I got a lot of work to do. I can't wait to see. Yeah. I've seen some snippets, so yep. it'll be interesting. Uh, beautiful weather, obviously. That's nice. We're enjoying that. Uh, we're still trying to figure out if you're watching us, the camera angle. Yeah. And yeah, because we have we have Darion every time uh, come in and tell us which angle looks good. He told me this one looks good. I really don't think it is. Yeah. But whatever. It is. We're what both it a little is. self-conscious about those uh, <laughs> side rolls and, and back rolls. And I went untucked today. Uh, yeah, same. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I'll never be tucked in again at this oh, at this chair. I totally don't blame you. Yeah. Uh, question of the day for us. We were kind of debating on what to do, but I think this one would be good. Um, most embarrassing story for you that's ever happened in TV? Um, you know, there's a lot. There's nothing hugely embarrassing mm-hmm. that's like gone viral or anything. Um, I think we probably hit on this maybe in the first or second episode of this, but uh, there were a lot of zipper downs, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of collar pops. Uh, where the collar the was Dracula up. look, yeah, yeah, things just weren't quite mm-hmm. right. Probably my biggest. Uh, was at my previous TV station uh, up in Greenville, North Carolina, uh, and I fell live on the air. Um, you, the thing was, you didn't see it on camera because I was off camera uh, going from the chroma wall to the desk, um, and stupid vain me, as I walked off camera, picked up a mirror because I felt like my tie was off, so I was mm-hmm. kind of adjusting uh, my tie, looking at myself in the mirror, and I had to go up two steps to get to the to the set where I was going to sit down to finish that segment. Um, and I was too busy looking at myself. So I tripped and I fell and you hear the whole process happening on the air. Um, and then I just kind of had to say, okay, sorry about that. Y'all. I just fell. Um, and I fell hard, broke the mirror. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Uh, zipper down was one for me. Uh, also the classic, like go to the restroom, have the mic on. Yeah. I'm, I'm so terrified of that happening. Yeah, I, that, I now take my mic off. Yeah, when I have to go to the bathroom during a newscast, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people just turn the mic off. Yeah. I don't. I, I take it off my body and leave it on the desk. I, I leave it on the, the desk. Yeah. And I've also been guilty of forgetting I took it off. Yes. So then we go back to a hit and, you know, I'm thinking, all right, let's start talking. And you can hear, barely yep. hear. Yep. Yep. It's yep. like, no oh, mic. he yeah. doesn't have his mic on. I, I just thought of another one, too, in Eastern Kentucky. Uh, we were doing a newscast. It was at 6 o'clock news, and we smelled like smoke Ooh, in our studio. That's never good. Not good. 
and we were doing the newscast, and I didn't realize what it was. Well, I was in the weather center, and we had lights kind of similar to this. It was the lights that shine up around mm-hmm. the set. My jacket, my winter jacket, mm-hmm. was laying on top of one of the lights. <laughs> so I went to go open it, and there was a hole burnt. Wow. Through the jacket because of the studio lighting. You know what would be a really fun episode in the future? Uh-oh. Down the, we should do a compilation of WMBF bloopers mm. and kind of go through because people who doesn't love a good blooper reel, yeah, for sure, uh, and then kind of explain the story behind the bloopers. Ooh, I like we had that. one, we had one newscast when the old studio was out here. Uh, where the fire alarm started going off. <laughs> and we're going through the newscast, and this is when the uh, newsroom was kind of the background, and you oh, could see Lord. in the background, and literally everybody's getting up and running out of the building. <laughs> uh, but me and the anchor at the time, we're still just kind of going about our business, like, what's going on? So, yeah, we could do a good blooper Ooh, that show. would be good. Yeah. And then we could maybe find clips or at least tell the stories and set the scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah, embarrassing moments. They happen a lot. Sometimes you don't notice them if you're watching at home. Right. Until after the fact, or if we say something, um, and then other times you do notice it. Anyways, uh, I'm really excited for this episode. I uh, am too. It's it's different, and I'll be honest, if it wasn't for the question, I probably wouldn't have thought about it. Right. Uh, we got a question, and we were going to talk about it last episode, and, and you were like, this is an episode within itself. Yeah. So Mark sent us a message, and Mark, if you're listening to this, I know you are or you're watching it, because when he messaged this, he messaged us at the end of March and said, um, I've listened to all four of your podcasts and truly enjoyed them, especially the history of WMBF. Glad he liked that episode. We almost felt like that one was very vague. He said, I do have a question, though. I assume you won't get the basic weather forecast from the National Weather Service, but how much of your own personal knowledge and skills go into interpreting what ends up being broadcast? A lot of questions in there and a lot of answers that could come your way. I'll kind of let you start and we could piggyback and, off that. Mark, thank you, by the way. Yeah, and thus uh, an entire podcast yes. on what we do, how we come to our forecast. This is for everybody uh, who stops us in the grocery store and says, <laughs> I wish I could get paid to be wrong half mm. the time. And who says, um, so you guys just like copy the weather service, yeah. right? And and just say it. Uh, we don't. We don't. Yeah. That's the short answer. Yeah. Um, we, at least on this team, uh, all four of us here. Um, are degree certified meteorologists yeah have degrees went to college did the whole thing and all four of us uh come into work every day and make our own forecast yeah and let's talk about that degree because a lot of people don't realize the degree is hard the degree is hard and it's hard (laughs) it's it's a lot of math and so much physics and so much chemistry, all things that I'm horrible at now. Oh. And yeah, it's hard. Very hard. It's hard. So your degree is actual meteorology. Yeah. So it was atmospheric science Yep. Um, with a focus in meteorology, minor in broadcasting. You go into at least college for me, and because they keep adding classes for that degree, yeah. it was five years already Yeah. to just graduate. Yeah. So, like, if you could get through it, and we had a couple of kids who could get through it in four, but few and far uh, yeah. between. Yeah, I me. failed some classes. Yep. I will admit it. Yep. I got by yep. on some classes. Physics and calculus for me were brutal. Yeah, physics, the absolute worst, but it's <laughs> you have to do it. And, yeah. and, you know, when you're going through it, you're like, whoa. Why am I doing this? But then you kind of, once you start getting, I think, into your upper level classes, yep. you kind of, it 
the picture starts to come together yeah. of why you need all that. Um, <laughs> I double majored in atmospheric science and geography because at the time where I went, UNC Charlotte didn't actually have a meteorology degree. Uh, and then as we talked about on one of those episodes, I uh, got my master's in atmospheric science. Mm. Um, and again, it was just, yeah, the math, the chemistry. So we've all been through it. Yeah. And the best way to describe it is you have to go through the physics and calculus to understand the basic forecasting equations yes. that come into what what this daunting class called thermodynamic meteorology oh, yes. is. But basically what that does is it teaches you an understanding of what these equations and what these lifting mechanisms yep. and all these laws have to do with our atmosphere. Our atmosphere is a liquid. Yes, kind of weird. It is to think a liquid. About. Yes, it, it it behaves like a liquid, and, and that changes all the time. Yeah, and that's kind of the fundamental of meteorology, especially dynamic meteorology yeah. and thermodynamics. Is how do these parcels of air <laughs> interact with each other? How do they rise? Yeah. yeah. So, let me ask you this: When you come from college, and especially for you, masters, you go into all this calculus and all this physics. Then you get a job in TV. Yep. <laughs> You're kind of like, wait, what? And I get it. It was for basic understanding. You yeah. have to have it. Right. But now we are very fortunate to where we have all this amazing data. Yeah. That tells we're, us. The colleges are probably going to hate us for this, but we're not exactly sitting down and calculating convective available to. potential energy and the lifted index. We're, we're not, mm. you know, working on our calculator every day. Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's all kind of there for us. Which has kind of changed it. But again, you still have to have the, the basic the basic knowledge. Understanding for yeah. sure. Um, so let's start with the basic here. We already said that we don't copy from the National Weather Service. Yep. I know in the past there's been certain meteorologists who have done that and to each their own. And yeah, and you know what? I don't have an issue with that because yeah. the weather service and I want us to come back to the weather service yeah, and our partnership sure. with them. Um, you know, if you're not a degreed meteorologist, but you're great on the air and you're great at delivering the story and you can get viewers, mm -hmm. if you want to more or less follow what the weather service says, I'm okay with that yeah. because they're mighty good. And I would rather you follow them than follow a lot of others. Yeah, like yeah, a so weather app on your phone or yeah, whatever. I don't have a problem with it. Now, I might have a problem if you call yourself a meteorologist. Yeah, and you didn't put in the degree. Yeah, yeah. but that's okay. We, we earned a meteorologist. Yeah, for we sure. Yeah. So you start your day. What's the first thing you look at? Because this is where we may be different. I don't know. What's the first thing when we go to forecasting that you just... Um, well, I was going to kind of flip that question and oh, ask okay. you, and we can both go into like this, it. is like a day in the life, sort mm. of our process, because I have a feeling we're both the same way. Yeah. I know for me, you know, I work the evening shift, so yep. I don't get into work till usually 1 or 1.30. Mm -hmm. um, but the first thing I do every morning when I get up, fix my cup of coffee, mm -hmm. sit down with my phone, and look at the forecast models. Yeah. Every single day. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's my morning routine. Mm -hmm. um, I don't come to work blind. Yeah. You know, I know what's going on and have a general sense of what's going to be happening for the next week or so. I feel like now, too, with this business, you have to do that. Yeah. Because if you don't, you're coming in and spending an extra 30 minutes at least. Yeah. When yeah. content's got to be rolling. Right. Um, for me, I look right before I go to bed Yeah. at whatever run is out. Yep. For those that are new and you're probably thinking, okay, models. I know we have a lot of weather nerds that are tuning in, which I love. Um, but there's typically four major model runs that come yep. out. It gives us the data. We always say, hey, the new data suggests, and it's those four times a day the models come out. There's a big group of them, and I tell people when they say, 
you know, the 20% chance of forecasting. Yeah. I always think of it like rainfall. So you yeah. have, you know, four major, five major models, but there's also the sub varieties of that. So I look at the data before I go to bed, then I wake up and we'll look at usually when I get in the GFS, the American model mm -hmm. is fully out yep. and the Euro is about six days out. Yep. And I already kind of knew what it was going to show. You have to do that. Yeah. Because you and I are both sticklers because as soon as you get your forecast done, graphics, 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 yep. graphics. But um, yeah, you have to stay in the know. And, and that's it's basically the same for me. By the time I get to work, uh, usually while I'm eating my lunch, still mm. at home, the GFS is already out. Mm. So I'll kind of you know get a feel for what it is saying. Uh, the European, especially with the time change during the summer months, yeah. comes in a little bit later. Um, so I've got a good idea, but I always wait until the Euro comes out to kind of polish off the forecast. Uh, because it's the Euro, and we all know we all kind of love the Euro, mm -hmm. and it's it's the superior model. Yeah. So. Um, not that we follow it as gospel, but, you know, I always wait until the Euro is completely done, which this time of the year usually is about 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock in the morning for me. It's yeah, like, all right, I feel yeah, comfortable. Before we kind of put the finishing <laughs> touches uh, on the forecast. Yeah, and uh, for me, while I'm waiting for the model data to come in, you've changed me. Let me start that because I had a nice forecast sheet. Beautiful. It was so beautiful. It was beautiful. And well organized. I was so proud of it. It had all the major models at the top. I would go through the runs, write the percentages of rain based off each model run, days, because we do two seven-day forecasts. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, yeah, you just got to the point where it's like, all right, I got to shave some time off at yep. some point. And, uh, yeah, we now use the old notebook. Yeah, we old school, <laughs> a notepad. And I used to do... Nice little sheets too. Even yep. when I started here, I did nice little forecast sheets and put and everything. The marine forecast. Yeah, and now I'm just I'm scribbling notes. I'm, I'm like, oh, GFS Euros going this, and uh, let's go rain next Thursday. You know, it's just in a couple mm -hmm. of numbers, and then I go with it. If you didn't know, like I can read your forecast sheet if you were to show it, and you could read mine. But if anyone was looking at it, we may post a photo in this. You would probably look at this and be like, "What am I looking at?" Yeah, yeah. And it, it's it's just basically shorthanded writing to get us to the to the part where I think you even said in a previous podcast, you go in and you enter all the numbers and then yeah. you make the graphics. Um, but for me, before I even submit that seven day, and I kind of look at the day ahead, I always go back to the previous. Yeah. To see. Right. <laughs> hopefully, if I was right. Right. Most of the time, if not right, one degree. Yeah. And we do the or, same in the afternoon yeah. before before we start kind of officially putting in the numbers that we're going to go with for the day. Yeah. We'll check your seven-day forecast <laughs> from the morning um, to make sure, again, and if we do have to make changes, we tend to sort of make them in increments. Yeah. You know, let's just say next Monday you had 50 mm -hmm. and suddenly the models change and it looks like it's going to be 70. Well, I'm not going to do a 20 degree change. <laughs> I'll, we'll kind of, we'll kind of nudge it yep. because we know how things change and go back and forth. So we'll kind of nudge in a direction. We'll nudge up rain chances or nudge them back down. And that's kind of how we handle, you know, cause you want it consistent because a lot of people do watch in the morning. They'll turn around and watch later in the day. Mm -hmm. You can't give them two totally different forecasts, <laughs> you know? And, and also if there's, especially with big events, we as a team are yeah. often texting each other like, hey, did you see this? Did you see this? What about this? Think yeah. we're going to go this? Yeah, it doesn't look so impressive for the storm setup. You know, so we're always on the same page. Yeah. I, and I remember, I guess, well, last week we were talking about Easter weekend. Yeah. And I texted you before the week started and I said, hey, I know we never go 
you know, not never, but we never go so aggressive on rain percentages this far in advance. Yeah. But I did it because I know yeah. it's Easter weekend. Same yeah. thing with 4th of July. We would do that with Christmas or Thanksgiving. Right. But there was just enough data there to where you kind of have to, okay, if we had a 30% and it pours and someone watched, you know, only one day that week and yeah. it looks bad. So. And there's and that's where the the part that I kind of really love the art of forecasting, mm. there's obviously the science behind it, but there's also the art yeah. behind it and what people see and what people perceive. Yeah. Um, for example, like that Easter weekend forecast, you know, it's a big sort of impact weekend, like the 4th yeah. of July. So if it looks like it's going to rain, we're going to go kind of higher rain chances further out in the future than we normally would. Normally, yeah. if there's a big rainmaker coming, we kind of incrementally bump up bump those up. rain chances but yeah we'll kind of bump it up it's the same thing if i want to get a get the point across that it's going to be really hot next thursday the forecast may be 89 i'll put a 90 yeah I because 90 looks hotter yeah i will to, to an average viewer uh same thing if it's going to be cold if the forecast is maybe you know 40 but it's going to be really windy and cold I might put a 39 yeah. because again, it's just, it's the I'm art of it. I'm glad you said that. Cause I do that. Sometimes I'll go aggressive on the, on the hot further out yep. and then fine tune when I get yeah. to one day out. Right. Okay. Now it's not going to be 90. It's yeah. going to be 88, but we've drilled the point across yeah. for five days. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I thought I was the yeah. only one nope. that did that. Nope. Totally do it. Totally do the art of it. And there's also, there's a, uh, somebody once uh, did a study about odd and even numbers yes. in a forecast. Mm. I tend to always go even, but I will throw in odd numbers because I feel like it gives a nice variety. I don't have anything <laughs> against odd or even, but I do have something. You will never see consecutive, like more than two consecutive days of the same temperature for me. Yeah. Drives yep. me bonkers. It drives me insane. If it's yeah. 75, 75. 75 i'll say okay which day has the potential to go 76 yeah, yeah. same because <laughs> if i'm looking at my sheet i'm like oh this is not this looks like i just copied and pasted everything yeah. and then i really i think too much about it yeah if i'm being honest yeah same i do too um and then the other thing uh, sort of the art of it and this is you know we've talked about how kind of laid back i am and how laid back we are i have kind of have one rule for forecasters who come in here new people who come in we don't do 50 percent yeah, that's a pet peeve of mine. Don't do fifty percent as far as a chance of rain. And and it's it's a good reasoning because why why is that? Because how many times have we heard oh fifty percent chance of rain? I guess it could. I guess it couldn't. Mm -hmm. Well, technically, you could put that in every single day as far as the the viewer's perception. Well, hundred percent. Yeah. You know, it, it may or it may not. So we'll do forty or we'll do sixty, but you will never see a fifty percent on our forecast. Brings up a really good point that I'm interested. I know the official definition. <sighs> that's a whole no that's a whole nother podcast. It is. Because just, even just I still just preference. I still have to think about this. I know exactly just where you're preference going. Preference because even our producer in the back, Anya, has asked me many times. There is an equation that Matt Bullock did. A wonderful He did. He did a story about it, bless his heart. <laughs> and I was still confused. <laughs> so basically rain chances. It's the number one question I feel like people ask. The official definition is percent of area that will see rain times confidence. When you're forecasting. <sighs> yeah. 
What does I, 60% mean to you? What I've started to do, um, I, I'm not going to do the confidence thing. That's, that's too complicated. But what I've started to do in the past couple of years is, especially in the summer, when we basically every day have that mm-hmm. 20 or 30% chance of a storm, yep. I will verbally say, and this is kind of how I look at it, 20% of you are going to see a storm tomorrow. Mm-hmm. 30% of you may get a downpour tomorrow. And I think of it and sort of try to portray it as more of a coverage yeah. across the area. So in our, the in, our, in our counties, you know, if 60% of you are going to see rain. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. 20% to me, and I've even said 20%, and if I think it's still, this is weird to say, a lower end 20% yeah. or just a stray shower, Yeah, you'll even see me right on the seven-day stray storm. Yeah. Like, if you find yourself under a storm, go buy a lottery ticket. Yeah, right. Because yeah. majority of you will be dry. Yeah, and, fact, that comes, and that comes back to the art of, of delivering does. the forecast is how you verbally get that across you know 100 i love we love a good 100 rain oh, day it's great slam dunk gonna yeah. rain done easy. everyone will see rain. yeah that's 100 to me. yeah yeah I'm we get those every once in a while especially in the winter and summer seasons or a hurricane um <laughs> but yeah trying to verbally yeah get across what those percentages mean is and I, I mean we're in the we're in the business where i think it was my first news director told me okay the basic reading level is fifth grade yeah conversational simple and i tell yep. our producers in the morning all the time simple and conversational yeah the tosses to me the teases whatever yeah and the way i kind of think of that is rain chances yeah what's the simplest way to explain it 60 percent of you are going to see rain today yeah that's my 60 percent yeah so i'm and with then, you and then we get into all the verbiage you know pop up splash and dash <laughs> which is one of my favorites i love a splash and dash <laughs> isolated um, isolated scattered drizzle. widespread numerous drizzle yeah yeah, yeah you'd, it's tough yeah it's yeah, that's probably hard. one of the difficult, just sort of day-to-day things, especially around here in the summer, is, yeah. is one, are we going to get storms, two, conveying and trying to show, because you show future radar, and yeah, there will be a couple of storms mm-hmm. on there, um, but then people see that and say, okay, let's look at that, yeah. storm right on my house. Mm-hmm. Well, we're just kind of giving you an idea. There's yeah. probably going to be some storms around. We're not, we're not at that point of forecasting exactly when and exactly where. Yeah, so forecasting's changed a lot over the time. I mean, we were talking about hand-drawn, the felt maps. Yep. Back in TV, yep. you would stick the high pressure on. I'm old enough and Uh-oh. have been in this business long enough that at my first job, at my first TV station, uh, we still use what were called the DIFAX charts. And whereas today the forecast models come out, we, I literally look at the Euro and GFS every morning on my phone. Mm-hmm. You would have to wait for it to come off of this massive printer. They were <laughs> sheets this big. And it was one of the dot matrix printers. So it was like one line at a time. So big events, you're standing there by the printer watching each map come out one line at a time oh, to see man. what has changed. And then you take that map and you analyze it by hand. And yeah, I did that for a couple of years. That's how old I am. Well, remember the (laughs) article? There was a thing, for those that don't know, in Chicago, Tom Skilling. Tom Skilling, yep. They have a clip of him in those big snowstorms with those Dipex machines. And he was sitting there hanging them all up. Hanging them all. Oh, yeah. And then you have to draw. Draw everything on there. Yeah. It's all done for us now. Yeah. It is crazy. Um, Forecasting is tough. On a typical day, though, summertime day, springtime day. How long do you think it takes you to forecast to get the seven-day ready? 
all told, I may spend two hours, but that's spread out over a long time. Like I said, yeah. I'll put in a good 30, 45 minutes at home in the morning. Yeah. Uh, then I come in and kind of fine tune. Yeah. Um, and I'm lucky enough that I work with Robert in the afternoon, yeah. so we're both doing it. Oh, it's great. Um, so we'll kind of bounce off each other, um, you know, sometimes it's nitpicky 20%, 30%, yeah. 85 or 86, yeah. you know, um, so I kind of finish up, get the nuts and bolts in the morning, get all the fine details in the afternoon. And then a lot more of my time is spent doing everything, but making a forecast. Yeah. Uh, same for, I uh, probably for mm -hmm. all of us in the business, you're, yeah. you're making the graphics and then there's, you know, just all the regular stuff you got to do every day. Yeah. We talked about radio before. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't realize it too, but what we stand on when we forecast is all made from yeah. us. Yeah. It's not like it automatically updates. Nope. And like we're punching numbers, we're changing the backgrounds. I'm a stickler for your pet peeve is 50%. My pet mm -hmm. peeve is I don't want to use the same graphic back to back days. Exactly. Yeah. And if I do, it's going to be changed where it's either going to have new cities on there. Something's different. Or yeah. it's going to have a new background. Mm -hmm. In fact, I, I challenge a viewer to find, to yeah. find a, because it, for me, and you taught me this when I got here. I don't do it anymore because it helps you all out, but I do it once I get in. I delete my entire mm -hmm. show from the day before. Yeah. And it's a blank canvas. Yeah. For, I don't know where I'm going to go. Yeah. For the people watching and listening, it's basically a, a really glorified PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> Very glorified. Uh, you know, and we have the individual graphics lined up, and, and I do the same thing. Other people don't, and that's fine, whatever your method is. But, yeah, start with kind of a clean slate. What mm -hmm. did, I know for sure I'm going to show – the two seven-day forecasts. Yep. Other than that, I'm usually starting from scratch every day yeah. and, and building graphics. And we're both graphics lovers. We just love to do build graphics. That's the fun part of the day for me. Yeah, for sure. That I really love. Playing around with text and all that. Yeah. And I used to hate that. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, this is kind of cool. Yeah. You get to, get to learn that. Um, for me, the toughest thing when I came here forecasting-wise was that dreaded sea breeze. Yeah, the sea breeze. You love it and you hate it all at the same time. It is brutal mm -hmm. and it can humble you very quickly mm -hmm. um i've kind of learned my little cheat sheet this is kind of a uh, another episode i would love to do down the road forecasting tips for anyone in the carolinas that has the sea breeze especially in this area i've started to do where forecast high of 76 in myrtle beach mm -hmm. active sea breeze winds coming off the atlantic degree cooler in north myrtle always degree warmer in the south Stream. always yeah Yep, and you can if you, if you pay attention to us, you'll see that on all of our maps and yep. all of our graphics and our numbers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, uh, as far as your time in the business, forecasting now easier. Yeah, yeah. And then what about just your shift duties? Easier or harder? Way harder. Shift duties, not harder. Yeah. It's just it's much more nonstop than it used to be. Yeah. Um. At the time, you know, 15, 20 years ago, well, 20, this is 21 years in the business for me, 21 years ago, it felt like we were busy and we were, mm -hmm. but it also looking back, I'm like, oh, that would be nice to do that. Yeah. You know, so much of it now is, is digital and social and, and that, you know, that's really time consuming, yeah. which we love. That's a great part of the job. We're reaching mm -hmm. more people. We're getting more information out, which I love, but it's very time consuming. To the point which leads me to where I want to go next. We were talking about forecasting on a calmer day. Mm -hmm. Let's fast forward to severe weather or hurricane season. <laughs> Tired just thinking about it. What shifts in your mindset when it comes to forecasting those active days? Because for me, 
my whole priorities change. Mm-hmm. Like on a day to day, for those that don't know, I would do um, the forecast and make all the graphics and work kind of on a day to day basis, work mm-hmm. a day ahead. You get a big storm coming yeah. in, your priority list like kind of shifts. Yeah. Like for me, we were talking about forecasting less, mm-hmm. being busy more. Forecasting more then becomes the priority, and yeah. then it's like, all right, well, where can we recycle some of these graphics? Yeah, and- recycle and refresh. And I know for big events, um, I'll tend to more or less leave the back half of that seven day alone. You know, if we're getting mm-hmm. into a hurricane, or if we're getting I'm into focused. a big severe weather outbreak, my focus is on, you know, whenever that's about to happen. We'll kind of cover day six and day seven down the road. Yeah. So it's it's a big focus there, um, and it's also a messaging. You know, back to the art of forecasting, it's messaging the threats, messaging the impacts that people are going to see or not see uh, without the hype, Mm -hmm. which we're often accused of. Um, Why do you think that is? Because there is a lot of hype in some spots and from some markets and from certain networks. Yeah. There's there's hype Mm -hmm. where there doesn't need to be. Yeah. Um, Century once in a century storm we've seen yeah, that before yeah um in terms that people don't know and you know we we get excited over big 100%. weather events and we've said this before you know we don't want to see people get hurt we don't want to see damage but just the pure science of it it gets us excited mm-hmm. it gets us excited and i think that may come off as hype to some people yeah um it's not yeah you know but we're trying to convey the message if we have a high impact event coming in um you know, we're trying to convey the message to you of what to expect as clear as possible. And we've, in most cases, even on a busy day, we may have three and a half or four minutes to get that to you. Mm-hmm. So we, we got to make sure that we're getting the good stuff out and what you need to know. Some of my favorite moments here are those big storms the day before or morning of. Yeah. And we get to tag team weathers. Yeah, yeah it's good. There's a story... And you'll know exactly what I want to say. Um, Hurricane Dorian came through. Yeah. And you came in for the morning shift. Yep. We tagged him. Kind of on like a hurricane day for short weather day. Go however long you want. Right. It's always kind of. Yeah, we kind of have free reign. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Little did we know, <laughs> we went 12 minutes. 12 minutes. No one said anything yeah. to us. Yeah. The producer's in the back. Nor- <laughs> normally, if I'm 10 seconds over, I've got a producer in my ear yelling at me to shut up. Um, yeah, we went 12 minutes. 12 minutes, which in TV time is is insanely long. But we had a lot to talk about that morning. A lot to talk yeah. about. I remember tornado warnings coming in, and we cut in pretty quickly. We were on wall to wall for a while. Yeah. But I will never forget that 12-minute Dorian hit. I don't know. Yeah. If, I think it was the morning of. Um we didn't even know. No one said anything. Yeah, and we, then, just, we just kept going. And for yeah. us, it felt like two minutes. Yeah. And yeah. That's that's the hard part, too, for severe weather is you want to drive the impacts home. Yeah. But you only have so much time to do so. Yeah. I kind of look forward to when the day is here and you know you can go however long you want. Yeah. Because leading Same. up to it, it's like, oh, three and a half is not enough yeah. to get all this out. Um, For me, a tip and trick, and I know we have a couple of people in the business that are listening, I don't really focus on... This sounds. This is gonna sound bad at first, and I'll kind of explain. I don't focus on like the viewer when I'm doing a typically day to day sunny forecast. I mm-hmm. focus on impacts and all. Yeah. But what helps for me, and I think a lot of people, I remember getting worked up during severe weather and so mm-hmm. excited that the easiest thing I could tell maybe someone starting out in the business is focus on 
that one viewer and their impacts mm-hmm. during the big event. Yeah. So like you have, you know, a mother who lives in Garden City mm-hmm. and you got a hurricane coming in. Talk to the camera like you're talking to her. Yep. What does she need to do? Yeah. Because then I think you come along a little bit more concerned mm-hmm. and not as hypey. Right. Because if you're talking about the storm, oh, we got it 70 yeah. miles. Yeah. It, it tends to come off the wrong way. Yeah. So I totally agree with that. Um, anything else you want to add? I let's, do want to end with one thing, but you go first. Let's, let's, talk, about, let's talk about the weather service yeah. and our partnership with them. Uh, so circling back to the very beginning of this podcast, no, we don't copy what the National Weather Service says. Thank you, Mark, for the question. Yes. <laughs> we do rely on them. A lot. As guidance. Mm-hmm. As a backup to our forecast. Yeah. Um, once my forecast is complete, I will go and read the forecast discussion. I read it after, too. From the National Weather Service just mm-hmm. to make sure that we're all on the same page. Um, and I was thinking about this on the way in the, to do this this morning. If there are any budding future meteorologists, I learned so much when I was younger from reading forecast discussions. And if you're not familiar with a forecast discussion, every National Weather Service office in the country twice a day will issue a big what's called forecast discussion. Mm-hmm. And it runs through what's happening in the short term, the next 12, 24 hours all the way out through days five, six, and seven. Mm. And there are some amazing things that you can pick out of these forecast discussions. And the great thing about them now um, is if you're maybe just kind of getting into the weather interest or you're an enthusiast, um, there are links provided for all of the complicated words that you're going to come across. You know, positive vorticity advection. You click on that word. And you'll instantly get what that means. Cape, mm-hmm. click on it. You'll instantly yeah. get what it means. And it's still to this day, one of my favorite things to do is go and read forecast discussions from areas being impacted by, by a big weather, weather event. So, it, and it, it helps with severe weather forecasting. Yeah. Same thing. Uh, yesterday, I was reading the Rapid City, South Dakota forecast discussion, yeah. uh, talking about the blizzard that they were having. It's just, it's a really great way to learn. And, and that's one of the other things I do first thing when I get up in the morning is read the discussion. I got to write an AFD. Yeah. That's what they call them, area forecast yep. discussions. And I thought I made it. <laughs> yeah, right. I did an internship with the National Weather Service in Louisville. And one of my final days was... You, you do the forecast there, and if you really are a budding meteorologist, you can actually go into their local maps where they kind of forecast and mm-hmm. match things up with surrounding offices. But at the very end of the day, I remember them saying, all right, Andrew, you're going to write our area forecast discussion. And it was awesome. Yeah. And at the very bottom, I got to put ACD yep. because it's initialed at the yep. bottom, the forecasters who wrote it. And um, hydrology is on there, too, if mm-hmm. you're a big hydrology area. Um but man, I yeah. have nothing but respect for what they do. Yeah, and we have our the weather service office that covers our area is Wilmington, North Carolina. Yeah, um, they cover all of the counties here in our viewing area, mm-hmm. and we have a really good relationship mm-hmm. uh, with that office. They're a good office. Um, there were a few issues a few years ago that we kind of brought up to them. Yeah, and they addressed them, which I had a really big respect for. Let's go ahead and talk about those issues. Yeah, sometimes because this office is in Wilmington. Yeah. And I think this probably happens at a, at a few National Weather Service offices. Their office is in Wilmington. Because of that, you're naturally going to be Wilmington-centric. Center. You're going to kind of tend to focus on that. Well, for two or three years, we would have flash flood events mm-hmm. down here. 
um, where, you know, cars are submerged, whether it was a summer thunderstorm or a tropical storm or something was causing flooding, and there would be nothing official that would come out from the National Amen. Weather Service. And a couple of us got together and brought it up, like, guys, like, we're down here. We've, we've got flooding going on. We need something from you guys. And sure enough, and it, and it worked. And we started getting more flood advisories and flood warnings and flash flood warnings and things like that. So just a, it's a great partnership when there's big events. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, they're, they're a great partner. I can call up the meteorologist, uh, warning coordination meteorologist up there, can call him, can text him, say, hey, yeah. you guys going out for a damage survey or what? And yeah, we'll see you there. Come on out, bring a report or whatever. Like super, super great. Uh, they're media friendly. Very media friendly, yeah. Which we have not a, all National Weather Services are. Yeah. And it's getting better. It used to be back in the day that sort of TV meteorologists, National Weather Service meteorologists, it yeah. was not yeah. it was not good. And then, especially with, with more and more technology, we both realized, like, we've got to start relying on each other, you know, because 100%. it is those individual weather service offices that issue the warnings that we have to get on the air, yeah. you know, so you've got to have that partnership mm-hmm. for that. I, I would tell too, if you're a budding meteorologist and you want to start somewhere, start there. Yeah. Do an internship. If internship. You can. Yeah. Um, read AFDs every morning, every morning, every afternoon, whenever, mm-hmm. and then explore their website yep. because you're going to learn so much, even just vocabulary there Yeah. to where I think meteorologists kind of get it wrong. They dive into, the models first mm-hmm. with no understanding of meteorology yeah when you should probably dive into your area first yep and then dive into the yeah. models because they in the in the area forecast discussions they'll call out uh, this model's being a little mm-hmm. over aggressive and we see that now a lot of clickbait that goes out yep. especially sometimes from people that don't even have a meteorology degree. right right and i think we could kind of end that if you focus on okay where should i start my interest in weather I'd start there first. Yeah. We get so excited that right. we want to jump into what everyone else is using. But, um, yeah, NWS Wilmington's great. Yeah, they are. Um, there's a couple other really great offices. If you're a big severe weather fan, uh, anytime there's thunderstorms anywhere in and around Mississippi, mm. uh, check out the National Weather Service Jackson office. Yeah. Uh, they write brilliant forecast discussions. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant forecast discussions. Detailed as you will ever see. Yeah. Uh, just insane severe weather knowledge out of that office. Yeah. Um, there's And there's a couple of other good ones. Um, Boston is I a fun one Boston, to read. Especially for their snow. Nor'easters. <laughs> nor'easters on the way to uh, the Northeast. Boston does beautiful mm-hmm. forecast discussions. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just kind of keep up with what's going on big weather-wise. Check out those discussions. They're wonderfully valuable. I think it's interesting too, because we talked about how in our business, the communication is so big for us and viewers that we have to make these graphics and we forecast less for people who are listening to us or watching us. They're, they're forecasting their entire shift. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. the nitty gritty details down from where planes fly. Right. All the way down to the surface. Yeah, so. and, and for here, for the Wilmington office, they're, they, again, they cover our weather, they cover aviation weather, they cover marine weather. Yeah. They're forecasting what's going on out there over the ocean, which I could care less about because yeah. there's nobody out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they're having to do, you know, wave heights and wind directions and all of that. If we bring, and I'm sure we'll bring, you know, them on, I'd love to just talk to them about swells and – Oh, yeah. Because to yeah. me, I'm like, I, have I no still idea. don't get it. Still don't get it. Yeah. 
Um, real quick, I do want to end with the term people probably hear. I know we got about five minutes left. They hear it a lot from us, and mm-hmm. I just kind of want to explain it. We've did a promo on it before. Certified most accurate. Yes. It's not. That's not just a slogan just to say it. Like, yeah. Yeah, there's we, testing. There's there's testing. We get tested daily. We get we do. We get tested. We literally get tested daily. Um, and basically, this company sort of examines TV stations across the country. Yeah. Um, I think ninety nine markets. Yeah, ninety nine television markets. They look at the forecasts for all of the stations in that market, mm-hmm. um, and through their calculations, come up with the most accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went through initially, I guess we're going on four years now. I think so. Yeah. Um, so we went through the sort of initial process of, mm-hmm. okay, which one of these stations in this market is the most accurate. Uh, we came out on top, mm-hmm. um, and we've stayed on top. So we're, yeah. we're really proud of that. I think. And that's I, in, in no way knocking the other, no, the other folks in town. Great people in um, town. Um, but we're, this is also a competitive business and yeah. Somebody says we're certified most accurate. Well, we're going to tell you about and it. And I think I would tell you this, too. If you were to ask me what the other people in town forecast, I can mm-hmm. tell you right away. Yeah. I am focused on their numbers and our numbers. And I'm like, okay, yeah. we're – if I think the sea breeze is more active, can I go a couple degrees down and yeah. and maybe be right on the money? Right. I'll admit that. I'll oh, do yeah, that. absolutely, yeah. So especially when you're getting tested and we're down to decimals. Yeah. <laughs> Literally decimal points. Sometimes yeah. less than that, and every day counts, so – I don't know. Yep. Even the sunny ones. Yep, even the so, sunny ones count. But I just want to make sure we say that because people are saying, oh, you're just saying that to be, you know. No, no, there's no. a process behind it. And we will gladly share all the details okay. and, and the scores if anybody wants to see. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe we'll not. We'll see. Say, I don't know yeah. about that one. Uh, this is episode six. Yeah. We did it. Another do you episode. like the longer format? I do. I do. I don't I'm feel really, rushed. I don't either, and I'm really curious to see what other people think. Yeah. So This felt very comfortable to me, the last two. Yeah. We got a couple more <coughs> questions, which I love, um, but if your question is so good and we can't wait, we will do it for episode seven. Yep. Um, you can submit your questions to us on the YouTube comments. My favorite part is going in on the premiere on YouTube. I didn't even know that was a thing and until like two, like two episodes ago, and somebody tweeted me, he's like, are you going to be on the, on the YouTube premiere. I was like, no, I did it. And I've kind of came off as a jerk. And then you tweeted her and was like, yes, we'll be there doing live comments. I was like, oh, that's what the premiere's about. Yeah. So now, yes, we both jump in at 7.30 on Thursdays when we it's do cool. the YouTube premiere. Um, the guy, shout out to Mike. He's been in the premiere every night. His son owns Pivotal Weather. Yes. Or works at Pivotal Weather. Yeah, which I is I don't a, know, Mike, if I misspoke, but... Which is a... Which a is a model. Very popular model website. Yeah. It's like... Which is great. Yeah. So, shout out to Mike and shout Mike. out to your son. Yep. Um, but yeah, that does it. That does it. I don't know what we're doing next episode. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking, you know, I'm heading to Texas yeah. uh, for a hurricane conference. Yeah. Um, so, maybe we'll uh, dive into some of that. Okay. Cool. If it works. If this everybody been, wants to see you, it. Are you are serious? Are you serious? A weather conversation between you and us. Y'all have a good one. Appreciate it.